Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Like all of you, I am not alone in resenting the machines which sometimes spell out figures that you know are wrong. You can only hope that somewhere another human being will also know it's wrong because the machine, fleshless and bloodless, pays you scant attention. So in this story, it is not a bit surprising that in what is the greatest bureaucracy in the world, well, at least of the world, one small, insignificant cog in the whole machinery could fail to function correctly, precipitating a disastrous result. Look out! He'll run us down! Don't worry! Are you out of your mind? He went right over us. Well, through us. We could have been killed. But we weren't. That's one of the advantages of being already dead. <laughs> mystery drama, Dead Wrong, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Ralph Bell and Jack Grimes. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. We've become a nation of health scenes. The bicycle is in the midst of a renaissance. Most of our population labors through each day on one diet system or another. People are out punishing themselves, jogging. America has always been a land of excess, and when we make mistakes, there is never anything small about them. The temper of our time. Just look at what happened to Peter P. Bell. Oh, wow, Marge. I'm beat. That was a wild last set. It still was, kitty boy. But we won. So <laughs> what? I don't know. Isn't that the whole idea of tennis? I suppose so. Any beer on ice? Yes. I'll get it. No, you won't. I don't want you fiddling about in my icebox. Oh, your icebox? All you did was pay for it. I maintain it. <laughs> and me? What would I do without you? Well, I hope you never have to, lover. Now, the larger question is, what would I do without you? Oh, you don't have to worry about me. I may be pushing the half-century mark, but I'm as healthy as a horse. Now, you do tend to overdo, though, honey. Here's the beer. Thank you. Overdo what? You played two pretty rough sets of singles before our doubles match. Mm. Oh, you played some singles, too. Ah, yes, but then I am a bit younger. Oh, hearty heart. You can tell your age, lover girl, by the terms that you use. What does that mean? Icebox, indeed. <laughs> that went out with 23 skidoo. Mm. The term of reference is refrigerator or uh, fridge. What's the difference, so long as it makes things cold? <laughs> Not unless it happens between us. Ah, uh, no chance of that. I love you, husband. I love you, Marge. Mm-hmm. Oh, good Lord. 27 years. The best years of our lives. Ah, uh, correction. The best years are yet to come. Ah, too right. Here is to the next 
27 now. I'll get to that. <laughs> Look, why don't you just lie there and give your tired old muscles a rest? I have to run into town. Oh, what for? Well, sooner or later, your stomach will be clamoring for attention. We're going to have pork chops cooked outdoors tonight, and I forgot to get applesauce. And I have to drop off the big coffee maker at the Priors. Okay. Want me to start the fire? No hurry. I'll be a good hour or so. I think we'll eat in here. Blowing up a storm out there. Yeah. It was pretty windy during the last part of the set. Well, if you fall asleep on me, I'll wake you up in time to get the chops on. Mm-hmm. Who's going to fall asleep? You. I would bet on it. And I think you should. You need the rest. Hey, will you stop putting my foot in the grave? Peter Bell don't even suggest such a thing. My dear, it's only a pleasant trip. Not to me. I want you around for a long, long time. Well, don't you worry. Your words will live to haunt you. <laughs> I lay back after she went, thinking, Darn it, I feel so good. I have the best wife in the world. I'm at the productive peak of my life. I'm in the prime of health. Our children are out in the world, each successful in his own way. And Marge and I are living a second honeymoon with nothing missing from the first except an experience. This one is total enjoyment. The whack of the screen door brought me awake, if indeed I had been asleep. I thought, of course, it was Marge coming back. But instead, it turned out to be my introduction to Elmer Pop. Yes, uh... Can I help you? Uh, yes, I, uh, I think so. Give me, that wind is so... Uh, I can't seem to find that. You've, uh, lost something? Yeah, uh, well, your name and address. But, but I can remember it. You are, uh, Mr. Peter P. Bell. Yes, that's right. But I'll be frank, Mr., uh, whoever you are. Yeah, uh, the Elmer Potts. If you came to sell me something, I am not buying. Oh, I, I, I didn't come to sell you anything. I've come to fetch you, Mr. Bell. To fetch me Where? Over there. Uh, to the other side. The other side of what? Well, I don't blame you for not wanting to accept it. I was the same way myself. I just said, why, this is silly. This can't be happening to me. Uh, this what? This being dead. I didn't want to die either. What are you talking about? You, Mr. Bell. Are you trying to say that I'm dead? You have to be. Why? Because otherwise, why would they send me for you? To send you? Who? Well, well, the controllers and whoever runs it over there. I, I can't tell you too much because I'm so new myself. New, new to what? To being dead. This is my first time back since I passed over. Hey, what kind of a nut are you? Well, if you'll excuse a little joke, a hard one to crack. <laughs> because there isn't any substance to me, just like you are now. What do you mean? Well, it's just the spirit part and, and the body left behind. Look, in the chair you got up from. Say, that's me. That is me sitting there. Well, it was. It's just a husk now. Hey, what kind of tricks are you trying to play on me? None. Uh, I, I, I know it's hard getting used to it first, and it, it hits different people different. Oh, but... I can't be dead. I'm not even 50. And I'm in the best of health and I'm happy. I have everything to live for. I'm sorry, Mr. Bell. Oh, no, there must be some mistake. 
Look, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I haven't got time to argue with you. I've got a schedule to maintain, so we'd better get started. we got a long way to go. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Where are we going? Over. Over there. Where is there? Well, where you go when you die. You like it once you get used to it. Come on. What right have you to take me anywhere? Who are you anyway, huh? Well, I'm just Elmer Potts, like I told you. But I've been delegated, and that means you have to go. Delegated by whom? Well, directly only by my controller, but he acts on orders of the supervisor, uh, the man himself. But that isn't the way it works. It's, 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 it's death that comes to take people away. Well, that's what I thought, too, before I made my crossing. But, well, you can see now, like I can see, that that, that was only in olden times. There are too many people kicking off now for one person to handle the whole thing, so that's just like one of the dirty jobs you get handed when you're new over there. Jobs? Sure. Now, come on. we we, we got to get a move on. I, I am not going with you. Mr. Bell, you haven't any choice. You've got to go with me. You're dead. I set every ounce of will and muscular strength I had to resist this pale, small lunatic or magician or whatever he was. But his hand under my elbow propelled me inexorably forward, right through the screen door of the porch and on towards the front of my house. The terror of it was clotting my throat. I saw my neighbors on each side outdoors, and I tried to yell to them, or wave. But my voice was frozen in my throat, and my arms riveted to my side as if bound in iron chains. I almost wish they had been, for I found that the wind was literally lifting me off my feet. You'll have a little trouble being weightless at first, uh, like the astronauts, you know. But you'll get the hang of it. Where are we going? Uh, to the bus. I, uh, I think we'd better cross the street here. Now, now, get back. This crazy kid will run us down. Don't, don't worry. Are you out of mind? He's good, good, good. He went right over us. Well, we're through us. He didn't even stop. He didn't see us. We could have been killed. But we weren't. And that's one of the advantages in being dead. You can't be hurt anymore. But I don't want to be dead. Yeah, well, come right down to it. I suppose that's the main disadvantage. None of us do. Well, come on. We mustn't miss the bus. Bus? Why do we have to go by bus? I thought... I mean, I imagined after it was all over, you... Well, I don't know. You just sort of be there. Or fly free or... Well, I don't know what I thought. Yeah, no. You're quite right. Everyone used to go first class. But like I say, in times like these, everyone is cutting back. Let's see. I need uh, four quarters for the bus. Don't bother. What's wrong? Down by, I'm out of change, and the bus is coming. Would you have 50 cents in change? You have some nerve. You mean I have to pay my way into heaven? Please, I'll, I'll pay it back as soon as we get there. You, now, you wouldn't want me to get into trouble on my very first pickup, would you? If nobody can see us, why do we have to pay at all? Well, it's the principle of the thing. Now, how would it look for anyone from our side to try to jip a 50-cent bus ride? The bus was crowded, and we had to stand. I wanted to laugh or cry with frustration. To die was bad enough. To die unexpectedly, even worse. But worst of all was this ludicrous end to it all. Swing from a strap in an overcrowded bus. 
dressed in tennis shorts beside a small, undistinguished angel in a faded rayon polo shirt and pair of worn, striped, unpressed slacks. The bus ride ended at the airport. All right. Now what, Elma? Oh, I have to go and check on the charter. It's probably late. They're always late. Yeah, why don't you wait here for a moment while I check on the flight? All right. Oh, and, and, and please, don't try to run away or, or something. It, it, it wouldn't do you any good, you know. It would just be a bother. I won't try to run away. Good. There isn't anywhere to run anyway, except uh, the other place, and you wouldn't like it there at all. I'll stay put. Don't worry. But after he disappeared, I thought, at least I can call Marge. Maybe say goodbye. Tell her I'm all right. I fished in the pocket of my shorts and found I still had a dime. I crossed to the phone booth and following instructions, I picked it up to listen for the dial tone before I dropped the dime in. in service. It's my number. I repeat, the number is no longer... Uh, you're not a record. Are you live? That is a question I prefer not to answer. All right, all right. Never mind that. I want to get the number I dialed. What was the number? Five, 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 six, three, eight, one. As I told you, that number is no longer in service. It has to be in service. It's my number, you stupid... I do not have to listen to abusive language you will control yourself, I will complete my sentence. That number is no longer in service to you. I stood there hanging on that phone, the empty dial tone whining, and I never in my life felt so unutterably alone. Now I knew absolutely and completely that I was dead. I didn't know how or why, but there was no escape. Is this what it's like beyond that final curtain? Is Peter P. Bell actually dead? Of course not, you answer scornfully. He's only fallen asleep and is dreaming all this. Well, that could be the answer, but it isn't in our story. I'll give you a hint. Peter is completely dead as of the moment. But if he is, you say, then that's the end of the story. But it isn't. I shall return shortly with Act Two. We left a bleak and despairing Peter P. Bell at the airport, bemoaning the fact that he was dead. He is invisible, and since he has tried to call to his neighbors for help and cannot reach his wife on the phone, he is truly incommunicado. It's a, what shall we say, it's a heaven of a situation. That's where he's bound. Only he is far from happy at the whole prospect, as his guide to the beyond returns from checking on their charter flight. I thought you'd never get back, Mr. Potts. Oh, I'm sorry, Peter. Everything is chaos. Yeah, of course, the flight is late. Yeah, it looks like a long trip. Uh, you might as well call me Elmer if you want. All right, Elmer. Well, what have you been doing since I was gone? I tried to phone my wife. Now, that was silly. You, you can't go trying to call your wife on the regular telephone when you're dead. Well, how can I reach her? In the course of time, through the regular channels, I suppose. What are the regular channels? 
Well, like, like I say, I'm new, and I'm, I've only skimmed through the orientation book, but I, I guess it would depend on religion or maybe a seance with the right medium. Uh, you could look it up yourself once you're all settled in. I don't want to be settled in. I can't be dead. Just doesn't make sense. We all feel that way to start off. Now, listen to me, Elma. Something is wrong here. There's got to be some mistake. No possibility. No possibility at all. Now, you said you lost my name and address or something when you first came in, didn't uh, you? I thought I had lost the invoice. But while I was digging for the airplane tickets, I found it. Here. Let me see. Sure. There you go. There you go. Peter B. Hell. 25 Sperling Drive. <laughs> there is a mistake. That's not me. Your name is Peter, isn't it? You live on Sperling Drive? No, Sterling. S-T with a T, a T. But you do live at 25? Yes, but... Uh, but well, a typographical error. No, 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 no. Look, you got to listen to me now. Sperling Drive's about four or five blocks from us. And there is a guy just moved in there. Our mail gets mixed up. His name is Peter B. Pell with a P. And that's not me. I'm Peter P. Bell with a B. And I live at 25 Sterling Drive, not Sterling. I know it. I know it. <laughs> you got the wrong man. Wait, wait. Let me see that invoice. Yeah, well, sure. Uh, Peter B. Hmm. Peter P. Sterling. First to 25. Yep. Oh, it's not fair. Fair, it sure in heck isn't. I mean, to me. I meant to me. But I didn't make the confusion. Well, neither did I. Still in all, you should have done something about it before this. You think I haven't? We have a Sterling Avenue Association to bring pressure to have Sterling Avenue change its name. But they have an association wanting us to. So the whole mess has been bogged down for years now. Why did Peter B. Pell have to move on that street? Yeah, that's what I say. The mail was fouled up all the time. So why didn't you move out or something? Hey, listen, I was on my block first. Long before him, I built my house mostly with my own hands. Why didn't he move out? Well, how should I know? Well, you should have known. You should have moved him out for me. I made a mistake. We all do. Yeah, well, we can all correct them, too. And you better correct this one. It's a beaut. I can't... No, no, look, Mr. Pell. I mean, Mr. Bell. Just call me Peter. But, but that won't do any good. There's, there's no way of, of keeping you straight that way. Pete. I, I, I'd better stick to Mr. Pell. Bell, Bell, I mean. Uh, oh, uh, no, I forgot what I was going to say. Don't look at me. I can't help. Yeah, don't, yeah, that, that, that's it. You can, yes? Oh, have a heart, Mr... Uh, uh, Pete? Pete, yes, Pete. Uh, look, this is my first assignment, and I don't want to foul up. It's kind of the story of my life. So I figured with a new start, maybe it doesn't have to be the story of my death, if you know what I mean. What are you asking me? Couldn't we just let things lay? You mean I should just roll over and play dead just so you don't make another foul up? Oh, I sure would appreciate that gesture. Gesture? Now, look. I want to get back to my wife. Or better still, back to my home before she comes back and finds me dead in that chair. I don't want to put her through that. I, I can appreciate your concern, but I don't know how to do it. To do what? Get you back there. You can go blow. I'll get back myself. Oh, you, you can't do that. Oh, yes, why not? Well, it isn't that easy. I mean, the, the books have just got to be, uh, uh, well, uh, you know, uh, reconciled. I'm just afraid there's no way out. Oh, that's going to be your attitude. Well, it sort of has to be, I guess. 
Let me see that invoice again. No, no. See, the, the name is wrong. I admit that. Between us, anyway. Now, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on. I'm reading something. It was whack, whack, whack. The fine prints. I happen to be a lawyer. Yeah, oh, just my luck. Aha, uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. Here, here. You see? What? Oh, never mind. I'll read it to you. This invoice, void and non-collectible unless with addressee's signature. <laughs> you never asked me to sign anything. I didn't see that clause. I came without my glasses. I always was forgetting them, but my daughter was there to remind me. Yes, I guess she wasn't this time, eh? <laughs> well, of course not. She's alive and well and living in East Pocono. Oh, bully for her. Yes. That goes for me. I want to be alive and well and living in East Smithfield. Now, how do we go about getting me back to that happy state, eh? You're going to insist. You're darn well right I'm going to insist. Well, I... I, I, I don't know how to go about it. I'm, I'm sure it's very complicated. I'll... Have to call my superiors. Oh, great. Come on, let's get tracking. They may be a bit put out with me. That's your problem. Mine looms a little larger on my horizon. Come on, get on that phone. Uh, I uh, don't think I have any coins. I'm willing to venture a dime. Uh, Well, you'll get it back. It's a toll-free number. You know, they're really awfully busy, and I'm, I'm not sure anything can be done. I mean, it, it's unfortunate, but too late. It better not be, or I'll sue for false arrest. Or soul mapping, or uh, whatever you want to call this. You, you'd have the nerve to, to, to sue? Yes? Uh, is, is this the, the person to whom I'm uh, speaking to? To whom did you wish to speak? Uh, well, uh, you see, I'm new. Uh, uh, this is pickup messenger 00653421, sector 1427. Never mind all that. What's your name? Elmer Potts. You might not know me. I'm new. Nonsense. We watch every sparrow that falls. What's the problem, Elmer? Well, you see, this is all kind of fresh to me. I mean, this is my first time, and... Get to I... the point, Elmer. What did you do? Pick up the wrong one? Oh, how did you know? As I told you, we watch every sparrow that falls. Watch every sparrow that falls. Yeah, well, yeah, but you see, I picked up the wrong bird. You've got to learn to keep your eye on the ball. I know, I know, but, but, but I didn't. What do I do now? I'd suggest you go back and make an exchange. But this one, I, I mean, the one I, I did pick up is threatening to sue for false arrest or uh, something. He's within his rights. Oh. If I were you, Elmer, I'd get on back to the one you should have brought and somehow convince him he's got to go. Yeah, but, but uh, just in case I run into trouble... I'd what? say you already have. However, in the meantime, I'll take this right to the top and get a ruling. But I think you will find out my suggestions the only one that will work. Okay, I'll... You know, well, wait a minute. I haven't any transportation and I'm out of money. What do I do about that? I'm sure you'll find a way. But how? Your pickup hasn't he any dough. Well, maybe, but I... Then borrow it from him. Tell him you have the best of credit. Well, what happened? Well, we... Got to go back to Peter B. Pell and talk him into taking your place. Oh, why shouldn't he? He was sick or dying, wasn't he? Or you wouldn't have been sent in the first place? I guess you're right. 
Oh, dear. Oh, if he's waiting for me, I, I shouldn't keep him waiting. All right, then let's go. Uh, the only thing is, would you help us there? No. Well, well I guess we'll have to walk. I'll forget it. We'll hijack a cab or something. That's against the law. Yes, I know. But we'll take a chance. I had to drag Elmer the equivocator out of the airport and outside. Traffic was getting heavy and lots of cars were unloading. And cabs dropping off and trying to hang around for pickups. I spotted one where the driver had made a sign to a cop friend and ducked inside to the john. In a moment, Elmer and me were in the front seat and taking off. never did anything like this in my life. You think I did? Then what are we doing it for now? I guess you could say it's a matter of death and life. What's that? Cops? Are they going to stop us? Not so long as I can keep ahead of them. It was a wild chase and a reckless one. But I really enjoyed it. I suppose it was kind of unfair. But what did I have to lose? There was nothing of me to get hurt if I did smash up. And, at least for the moment, how dead is dead. We got most of the way home before they started to overtake us. So at the last moment, I pulled over the side and screamed to a stop. All right, come on, Elma, out. Oh, I cut enough my legs, but I'm scared to death. I get it. You're only deathly scared. But what do we do now? This is one we just walk away from. I'm sorry for those poor cops. They had us dead to rights. Only they didn't know we were so dead that they can't even see us. <laughs> How do we get the rest of the way? We play ghost for real, Elmer. And walk. <laughs> we left the befuddled cops carefully surrounding a completely empty taxi cab. Moving in carefully to find nothing but a $6.85 tab run up on the meter. I just hoped the next deal would be so easy to close with Mr. Peter B. Pell. So, like I say, Mom, the way I figure it's any moment now. Huh? No. I was upstairs 45 minutes ago, and honest, I figured this was it. Well... You know how stubborn he is. He keeps on hanging in. Oh, no, no question. The doctor's everyone. He should have cast in his chips a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, while I'm talking on the phone, he knows maybe he crossed over. Oh, sure. We're going to be comfortably fixed for life, Mom. It's all I've been waiting for. Just as soon as he kicks... Wait a minute. Good Lord, Mom. It's him coming downstairs. I don't know what way they're after them. But, uh, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I'll call you back. Pete? That you? Yeah, Blanche. What are you doing out of bed? That's a good question. You know what? What? I'm out of bed because I feel like being out of bed. But the doctor said... The devil with the doctors and what they said. I was ready to cash it all in until about 45 minutes ago. And then something wonderful happened. Then the pain stopped. I want to tell you, Blanche, I never felt better in my life. And that's what I'm going to hang on to now from here on in. Nobody's ever going to take it away from me. Which bodes no good for Peter P. Bell, the protagonist of our story who has found himself unfairly tapped for the grave. 
If his only chance of escaping an untimely death depends on his alter ego, it would seem that he has little chance of persuading him to change places. I'll return shortly with Act Three. It was Daniel Webster, the famous trial lawyer, who coined the phrase, fearful concatenation of circumstances. But whatever the circumstances that caused him to say that, they could scarcely hope to match the one that Peter P. Bell faces now. Fortunately, he can still hope, because he doesn't know what we know, that the man who should have died, Peter B. Bell, is now luxuriating in his new lease on life and has no intention of letting it go. Peter, I'm going to call the doctor. You bring any of your old quacks around here, I'll throw them out on their ear. Who were you talking to on the phone when I came down? Uh, that, that, was, that was just... Your mother. Well, yes. Is there anything unnatural about that? Yes. Your mother. That is a terrible thing to say. Well, what else is there to say about your mother? I don't want to talk to you. Good. That makes it unanimous. Anyone wants me, I'll be out on the patio. In your pajamas and robe? What should I care? With a new lease on life? He came out of the screen door into the sunshine, and I had my first look at the man who should have died instead of me. He was a small man. His color was ghastly. He looked like a corpse. His body was wasted. He moved as though he was walking on eggs. His shoulders were rounded in permanent defeat. I felt a surge of hope. He didn't appear to have all that much reason for living. Hi, Peter. Hey. Who are you? Uh, sort of by your namesake. My name is Peter P. Bell. Oh, so you're the guy. What guy? The one my mail gets crossed with. Oh, yes. Uh, I guess I am. And, uh... I have to tell you that another very important message kind of got crossed, too. Yeah? What's that? Well, uh, first of all, I'd like you to meet Elmer Potts. Uh, how do you do? Hi. Say, where did you two suddenly appear from, anyway? I thought the front gate was locked. I built a fence for my privacy, and two guys just turn up out of the blue, paying no attention to signs or anything. Whatever you're selling, I'm not in the market. I wouldn't be too sure of that. What are you talking about? Tell him, Elmer. Yeah, th th this is... Oh, but this is really quite difficult. Not if you lay it out the way you did with me. But th but this isn't the same. I, I, I mean, How I... is it any different since this is the man you really came for? Look, I can't listen to a lot of double talk. I've been sick. And uh... We know that, Mr. Pell. And you were a lot more than sick, Mr. Pell. Well, whatever I was, I don't feel that way now. Maybe you won't feel all that hot when I tell you the truth. What truth? My, my, my name is Elmer Pop. So what? Well, you see, I died kind of recently. You what? I passed over to the other side, uh, and my job is to come and sort of escort the new, uh, what shall I say, the, the, the new boy. Uh, get him settled in and kind of show him the rope. The and... trouble was, Mr. Pell, our friend here made a boo-boo and picked up the wrong guy. Don't tell me the guys on the other side are that inefficient. Well, you see what happened? Well, just let's say for laughs that I go along with this charade or whatever it is. 
you're trying to tell me I was due to kick off that Elmer here came to pick me up and got you by mistake? That's just what happened. Uh, I have all the papers if you'd like to see them. What papers? Well, this is the uh, invoice here. Let me see. There it is. To be delivered one eternal soul temporary property of Peter B. Pell, presently residing at 25 Spurling Drive, Lake Post Mansion. What kind of a gig is this? Well, it's my credentials to pick you up for delivery, which I should have done about an hour ago. So why didn't you? Because he gooped. He picked me up instead. <laughs> now, isn't that just too bad? Well, it is when you consider this man was healthy and didn't feel at all like dying. Well, who does? An hour ago, you were ready to. I wouldn't have been sent for you otherwise. An hour or two ago, I wanted to die. Now I've changed my mind. Who do you think you're kidding with this cockamamie story? I don't know what your game is, but you better get out of here before I call the police. Well, that that wouldn't do any good. This is beyond their jurisdiction. Uh, Mr. Pell, I ask you to be reasonable. Now, come with me. It's only fair. You should have been dead nearly an hour ago. <laughs> I'm not. Peter Pell, I want you to come in off that patio right now. It's my wife. I want you back up in that bed the way you should be. Why? I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, no, you're not. You are sick. You want to get rid of me? You don't have to put it that way. It's just that I've made all my plans. What plans? About Mom and all. You've told her she can come and live here? You never would let her while you were alive. Why should I? With a one-car garage, where would we park her broomstick? You don't have to be coarse. Coarse? About your mother? The only thing I could say in her favor is that she's better than her daughter. Not much, but better. What do you mean, her daughter? Well, how many has she got? Me, and that's a rotten thing to say about me. What else have you ever given me cause to say? What chance have you ever given me to say something nice about you? Oh, why didn't you die? Is that what you want? You are not going to make me say it. You figure out whatever you want. Now, are you coming into the house? No. Why? Because I don't feel like it. Okay. That does it. Where are you going? To call the doctor. You never could see things straight. After a lifetime of driving me and my sweet mother and everybody else connected with you out of their minds, I finally realized the whole problem is that you've been out of yours ever since the beginning. Thank heaven I don't have to live with it anymore. I'm not dead yet. You might as well be. I'm going to have you locked up. That's my wife. That's my life. Hey. Hey, where'd you fellas go? Were you calling us? Yeah, you guys. Look. I need some information. But what? I was supposed to die today, right? Yes. When was he supposed to die? Who? Him. I think he means me. Oh, uh... Oh, well, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, well, who does? I guess my superiors do, or someone above them. Can you contact them? I could try. I mean, I do have an emergency telephone number. Well, then come on in and call them and ask them these questions. Maybe we can work this out between us after all.
Uh, this is pickup messenger 0065342196. X- All right, Elmer. We know who you are. What do you want? Uh, well, re- remember I told you I-, I made a mistake? And picked up the wrong soul, yes. Have you got the right one now? Uh, yes, I have. Good. I've checked upstairs and it's okay. Just bring him in and the books are balanced. Yes, the, the, the thing is, he's not willing to come along until he has the answer to some questions. What questions? Like, how much longer would he have to live if he didn't give up? How much longer would who? If you mean Peter Bell, the man you picked up by mistake, a good long time. Uh, how long is priority information? Well, could you... Give me just a hint. Well, it's highly irregular, but let me see. Oh, he'll be able to usher in the 21st century and then some, if you make the exchange. Well, and if I don't, then the, the, the other guy will? That's the way the ball bounces. Uh, hmm. Uh, the guy's wife, her, her name is Blanche. Could you give me any rundown on her? Oh, they could have my patch for this. But um, for the sake of keeping the book straight, let's see. Well, she's going to be around just about as long. But of course, she won't be headed for us when she checks out. Oh, she's going to the other place? Oh, definitely. And her mother? We try not to separate family members as long as they deserve each other. 20? 25 years? I'm going to be stuck still with Blanche if I hang around? It looks that way. And uh, her mother? She's moving in. It's all set. (sighs) The point in living. You see, if I head now for the happy hunting grounds, they won't follow? I think reservations have been made for them elsewhere. Okay, Peter Bell. What would you do in my position? I, uh, well, I have to tell the truth. I'd want to stick around. But then Marge and me, well... You see, we've never been separated, and we never want to be. Straight goods? Straight goods. Twenty-five more years with Blanche and her happy mother. (laughs) Who's kidding who? Okay, Elmer. You're not making any boo-boos this time. Come on. Take me home. There should have been a flash of light in the heavens or something, but it was all anticlimax. The three of us walked to the bus stop, which was on my way home. And the last I saw of Elmer was as he climbed aboard and called to me. Well, I'll see you in a quarter century or so. Uh, That is, if I'm still on the same job. Uh, Don't push it, Elmer. I'm not in any rush.
It was just as I'd left it a little over an hour ago. Except what was left of the beer was flat. I poured it out down the kitchen drain and took a fresh one out. I just returned to my seat when I heard the car pull up and Marge's cheery... Hello, darling. Marge. Oh, was that terribly long? Century. You missed me that much? You will never know. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, this is love. Pure love. And Thanksgiving. Mmm. Well, whatever it is, it's good. Are you that glad to see me? Always. And forever. What have you been doing since I was gone? What have you been up to? Uh, thinking long thoughts about how lucky I am and how much I intend to appreciate it. You all right, Peter? Oh, Marge, darling, I can tell you unequivocally, for the life of me, I never felt better. We are such stuff as dreams are made on, and our little life is rounded with a sleep said Mr. Shakespeare. Is that the epilogue for this story? Was Peter P. Bell asleep and dreaming a strange dream? Or did an emissary of the Grim Reaper truly come for him? And was he fortuitously returned from the shadow of the dead? I leave it up to you to pick which explanation satisfies you most. I'll be back shortly. Death, of course, is not a matter to be taken lightly. It is one of the two great events in the cycle of life. It comes in many forms to each man individually and is seldom welcome. Still, since it is inevitable, the great mystery of death ought not to smother us, to cast the dread shadow of fear across all our lives. Surely, like anything in the world, we should learn to laugh at it a little. For whatever we can laugh at, we need not fear. Our cast included Ralph Bell, Jack Grimes, Terry Keene, and Court Benson. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.